I've been running after one thing To find that part within that I'll measure up to something I've got a lot of dreams, but I was told I wasn't practical I couldn't measure up because of all my flaws But I know the wrong is the only stepping stones Life's the art of embracing these things yeah. Peter Crone, welcome to the podcast This is your second time on It's been a long time since the first time you've been on I like to tell people that you are the wisest person that I know. So just being around you on this podcast myself, personally, I will get wiser. I'll probably grow a gray beard during the episode. But thank you for coming on, man. I'm looking forward to this one. I know the audience is really looking forward to this one. It seems like every podcast that you're on goes extremely viral. So we're praying for millions and millions of downloads on this because of you. But before we get into the depths of the mind architect guru that you are, tell us something a little bit different about you. Start us off with a bang. Maybe not that everybody knows. Like you're this wise, you change people's <laughs> mindsets, their realities. Something something crazy off the wall different, Peter. Um, I mean, I could tell you right now I'm wearing a towel and nothing underneath it. That's that's the first. Yeah, yeah. And, and the t-shirt. I just, of, I just came out of the water. So I mean <laughs> I mean that's that Right there, if that's not a reflection of my profound wisdom, I, I don't know what else I've got to offer. <laughs> hey, and even the t-shirt you have on is a sloth, like a super sloth shirt and a, a towel. Super sloth, not just a sloth. It's a super sloth. A I super do pride sloth. myself on my t-shirt collection. Very good. Yeah. It is actually very good. You need to check them out. If you're not following them already, you're doing yeah, look, I mean, I just, I, I don't want to be called a liar, but let's see. I'm not going to open it, but, you know, that's that's what's going on this here, is, folks. Is, guys. This is serious preparation. <laughs> if, if you are watching on YouTube, this is this is it's getting a little steamy over here. Okay, all right. So everybody knows well, this that, is an R-rated show, right? Yeah, actually, yeah, NC seventeen. So it's really yeah, gets the kids away. It gets it gets crazy. Okay, let's dive into it. Mind architect. Let's go. Mind architect. All right, the power Please, of controlling speaking. your stories. I want to talk no, about. That's a terrible start. We don't use the word control, so get rid of that. No control. Control, is, control is all generated by fear. It's an ego behavioral adaptation. So yes. there ain't no control over here. There's just the absolute fluidity of allowing life to unfold effortlessly for your own soul's evolution. So you can start that over. Beautiful. <laughs> I love that, though. That's why I love this guy right here. Okay, let's keep going on that. Let's talk about the the reactive life versus the creative life. Now, that's the difference. Yeah. There's two differences there, right? I got that part right? You did very distinct. And one Phew. of the uh, pillars of my teaching is that most humans uh, tend to be reactive through no fault of their own. It's an unconscious process based on the imperative that is a mammalian response to life, which is I want to survive, right? So... For that reason, most people tend to be reactive to their circumstances, looking through the lens of everything as a potential threat, which most people now, even as I say those words, can attest to the fact that that's an exhausting way to live life. So creative, on the other part, or on the flip side, is really where I recognize that I am the curator, the manifester, the source of my own experience of life, and therefore, I consciously choose to create uh, both the ideally the surroundings that I live within and then also my internal terrain, like how I experience life, meaning how do I respond to things. When people are in a reactive state of mind, it's automated. Their boss says something, their spouse says something, the kids do something, and there's this sort of 
upset, there's a frustration, there's a disappointment, there's an anger, there's a sadness, whatever it is, that is um, automated. It's unconscious, not wrong, it's human. We embrace humanity with compassion. But once you become aware of the fact that we are um, the, the generators of our own experience, when you're sufficiently aware, then it becomes a creative process. Like, how do I want to respond to the particular circumstance that's unfolding in front of me? I'm no longer a victim of circumstance. I'm actually the generator of the response to circumstance. Two mm. entirely different ways of experiencing what it means to be human. So the first way is the reactive is just listening to what the news media says, listening to what your boss says, listening to what everybody else around you says, the opinions of others, and being in that prison. Is that right? As far as just kind of I would actually it? say it's not listening at all. True listening is the presence to be with what's unfolding. So again, subtle, but as you know, like yeah. I'm a bit of a stickler for language Makes because fundamentally who we are is just programmed through vibration and sound, yeah. which we use language. So if someone's really listening, there is no real reaction. There might be an appropriate response. If you ask right. me, hey, what are you wearing? I can respond, right? But most people, as you said, politics, news, bosses, whatever it is that people are quote unquote hearing, hearing is very different to listening. It's not necessarily mm. anything wrong with someone's ability to hear sound, right? Their, 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 their hearing works, but psychologically, most people are just reacting to what they hear versus listening, which is a form of presence. When you're really listening to a partner or a boss or the circumstances of society, then there's a presence that comes with that. There may well be actions to take and there may be responses to give, but it elicits a very different internal terrain response. For most people, when they're just hearing something, their reaction is it's, it, they emote something, frustration, disappointment, judgment, criticism, and then they compensate with domination or lies or control, to go back to that word. Mm -hmm. But when you're just present with life and you're just listening, there might be an appropriate response or there may not even be anything to do because either... It's, quote, unquote, not in your domain of uh, responsibility. Like, I, I, I don't have any say right now as an individual sovereign being with the clowns that are in office doing whatever they're doing. Most people, however, can get very upset by that. So now you've got something that's, quote, unquote, not in your domain of responsibility and you're upset. So it's a bit of a double whammy in a negative way. So you all know I'm a nut for total optimization. I'm searching far and wide for the best products, the best formulas, and it's really hard to find in this day and age that we live in. But I have found the best of the best, bar none, bio-optimizers. Write that down, tell your friends, tell your friends' friends, bio-optimizers, the best formulas, nutrients that you can really get. And I, I wanna highlight how important it is for aesthetics, performance, and overall health. They have gut health formulas, mass enzymes. It's the most potent enzyme blend for digestive function and nutrient absorption, which is extremely important. Magnesium breakthrough. You know I'm all about breakthroughs. So this is seven forms of magnesium that upgrades virtually every function in your body and gives you higher level sleep. This is just a couple of them. There's so many more. The top for every area that you need to optimize your life. I love them. Check them out, literally. You're going to love them as well. And lucky for you, because you are a committed listener to the podcast, BioOptimizers is offering a discount, Nurse 10. Go to Mag, 
breakthrough.com backslash David or go to biooptimizers.com and it is nurse10 at checkout for your special pricing. And when you come back to this podcast, I want you more optimized than you were before. Go get them. Mm. That makes sense. Totally. Yeah, (laughs) it does. Totally. So people want to be present. How do we take these steps towards being present in our life? And how do we take these steps towards manifesting and generating the the individual that we have the, I, I, I don't like to even say the word potential, but I guess the individual that we can become. Yeah. They're kind of synonymous in a funny way. People might not see the immediate connection, but presence really is when we're steeped in our own being, right? It, meaning, so if I'm fully present, we could argue that there's the absence of time. Um, time is really the, the undercurrent for why most people have strong emotions, right? If we look at things based on a past mindset, which could be around anger, frustration, disappointment, judgment, shame, guilt, all of those emotions tend to be with the dialogue that is associated with our history, so past. When it comes to future, they tend to be more fear-based. So when people have anxiety, worry, apprehension, nervousness, this is because the mind is superimposing worst-case scenarios into a future that hasn't happened yet. So all of this is happening in present time. It's sort of, it's a little bit of an oxymoron. You, you can't not be present because you're always where you are. The degree to which you're actually focused on linguistic time, meaning past or future, is the degree to which you're not fully present. Right? Let's take one of my athletes. If a guy steps up to the plate, MLB, major league guy, if he's facing a pitcher who last time he faced, he went over, he didn't get a hit, then without doing the work, his mind is going to be very protective. It's guarded, right? The brain is trying to predict and protect. So it will recall, oh, I went over against this guy last time. So now his brain is superimposing that history onto a future, which hasn't even happened yet. And it's eliciting a present state of perhaps apprehension, concern, nervousness, and then behaviorally, he's going to adapt by trying harder, mm-hmm. right? So if you see that cascade is very powerful. So there's no presence there. He's actually reliving history and trying to avoid it, which is not only futile, uh, but it's exhausting. So what I help people do is reconcile time, transcend time. If you're not in your psychological, chronological story of like, I came from a history, I'm moving through a current moment and I'm going to some future, well, th- that, that's, a, that's a futile life to live because it's all based in psychology. It's just in your imagination. So presence, to come back to your question, is really the absence of time. (laughs) You can't try and be present. When people say, oh, be in the now, like when someone gives you an instruction to do something, you're never going to be in the now because it's already reinforcing that you're not. So that's one part. And then to the second part of your question about how do we access this greater potential of who we are, well, as I said at the beginning, ironically, that actually happens when you're present because the real essence of who we are, the the, the true nature of our boundless self can only be accessed in present time. So removing, reconciling time, which is where we protect ourselves, that's what I call ego, is actually the access to our true nature. So being fully present is also an expression of my true nature, which we could say is I'm free to be in the moment, I'm present in the moment, I'm loving in the moment, and there's a natural response to life. I'm in harmony with the moment. And that's the only place to access real potential. You know what? That's that be- was a lot. That, no, 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 no. That was beautifully <laughs> said. And what, you're actually incredible at coming back to the question 
tying in points and then bringing and looping it back in. That's that's a skill right there in itself. But it's funny that you say that the absence of time. Thank you. That's called listening. But that's that's my point. Thank. Yeah. I appreciate the compliment, but just so the audience know, that's called listening. If you're present with someone, you hear what they say. And so even though I went on my diatribe there for a little bit, I can come back to the second part of your question because I was listening to what you asked. Yeah, exactly. Take note of that. That is listening. Kids, parents, spouses, <laughs> there you go. But it's cool how you say the presence of time is or being present is when it is the absence of time. And it's kind of funny because when you are actually feel you're most present, you don't really know about yeah. time. Time kind of just flies by. It's not even something you even think about. So it's really nice how you tied yeah. that together. All right. I want to talk about and I've heard you, you I've heard you mention it. And I know you have an incredible book coming out down the line about the, the, the 10 primal prisons that we are held in. Yeah. So these are obviously going to be things that hold our mind away from actualizing who we can become. Can you talk about some of these 10 prisons or how you came with this concept or how the 10 prisons of our subconscious? Am I correct on that? Yes, correct. So these are the foundational aspects of someone's persona, right? So your personal reality is really an extension of your personality. And your personality has got multiple tiers to it. But at the subconscious level, which tends to be what we might call blind spots, people are oblivious to, these are the patterns that really got triggered in our childhood where mm. a parent said something dismissive of a child and therefore they interpreted that to mean that they're not good enough as one example of the prison to answer your question. So it's not that the child isn't good enough or not yeah. good enough. It's rather that they heard something and that I would assert, this is just the lens that I look through, that we incarnate in this lifetime so that we can reconcile these 10 fundamental prisons. So your brother maybe was the better athlete or your sister was a better at the, the academics at school. And as a result, they got a bit more attention or the parents were like praising them or gave them more time. And then your interpretation of yourself is, well, I'm not as good as my brother or my sister. Mm -hmm. Really, it's just turning on one of those fundamental prisons that then if somebody does the work, they'll be able to transcend. Now, most people don't, so they just develop compensation patterns. This is where someone might become a people pleaser or they become a perfectionist mm -hmm. as an adaptation to the deeper seated feeling of not being enough, which actually doesn't reconcile anything. It just becomes exhausting, right? So my work is to bring awareness to the subtle but very insidious patterns of the subconscious, these 10 prisons, and help people to transcend them. So that that is, you know, the pillar of my work. And how did I get there? One, I'm super observant. I noticed human behavior. I looked at my own tendencies, where I got stuck, what my suffering was. Um, and then just through deep, profound intuition and meditation, I was like, oh, okay, these are just primal patterns that every human being has. We dominate or predominate in some more than others. And as we mature, hopefully we naturally kind of work through them. But for a lot of people, I can work within their 60s and 70s, they're still completely defined by these prisons. And that's usually, by that time, that's when people have gotten really sick physically, you know, because if you're living in that state of constant fight or flight, uh, your, your physiology is going to acquiesce at some point and become diseased. Peter, I, I've never been around somebody who can actually change people's lives, the entire trajectory of their lives, the entire per perspective of their lives, like you can. And I know that you do a, a mastermind or a, a group that you have working with you. Can you just tell the audience mm -hmm. if, they, if they're more interested in it? Because right now I'm blown away by this. I know they're blown away by this. 
what what are you doing that that people can get involved in this and be a part of this because you you literally change the way people think shape and look at themselves and view themselves yeah Absolutely. And I appreciate the reflection. So the mastermind is, I mean, I have multiple courses online that people can just access at their own, you know, um, volition and watch it in their own time. But the mastermind, I actually have one starting in September. I don't know when this podcast comes out, but um, I just am completing the first mastermind I did. And, you know, it's hard to say because I like to try and remain humble, but it's one of the most awe-inspiring and powerful things I've ever, ever been involved in. Um, the transfigurations, the transformations that are happening in people's lives are just, they're just so profound, you know, from real hard trauma and abuse in childhood to now complete freedom and joy and peace of mind, uh, that would never have been typically predicted based on the trajectory of someone's life. They got into addiction that they were a recluse. They lived by themselves because they were sexually abused or whatever it might be. And they're the more extremes. Obviously most of the people, 90% of those attending the mastermind have just what we might call everyday problems, you know, and now the collective, the group, the community, because we have an app in the background where everyone can interact, the, the just the sheer joy and love yeah. and support that everyone has for each other with this newfound sense of possibility. It's just, I mean, it's a new form of addiction, but one that I'm happy yeah. to encourage because <laughs> people are like, we don't want to go anywhere. Like this actual group of masterminders have like, in no uncertain terms said, we want to stay in this group. What do we got to do? So that's why I'm doing another one. And uh, many of them will just sort of roll into the second one because it's just, you know, you don't see that on planet earth, especially in the state of affairs we have right now, where there's divisiveness, there's cancel culture, there's shaming, there's guilt, there's, you know, criticism, judgment, racism, there's just abuse, there's harm. And we have this microcosm of what's possible to be a human when you come from a place of, like true acceptance, true profound unconditional love, true sense of your own worth and your ability to make a difference in the lives of others. It's uh, it's a very unique container. Yeah. And I mean, I'm not going to be humble for you because I know how life changing it can actually be and is. And I've seen results and talked to people and you, you said sheer joy. Like who does not want to live with freeing joy? We have so many things pressing upon us, struggles pressures, anxieties, you name it, but you help people get into a life rhythm. And I think at the core, at the essence, that's what everybody is searching for, just a joyful life rhythm. So in that being said, looking at you, watching you on social media, knowing you you do live this out, you have this life rhythm. So what are some things that you do to continue to sharpen your mind as being one of the wisest people walking this earth, in my opinion? How do you continue to sharpen? Um, I think, you know, it comes back to those basic fundamentals of what does it mean to sustain human life, right? Which is obviously we've got to move our bodies, right? We've got to nourish ourselves well. We've got to get some sort of time in the sun and mother nature. We have to have a sense of community and belonging and have a sense of purpose, right? So just to, just off the top of my head, I, I sustain all of those, right? Like for me, it's imperative that, perhaps not quite every day, but almost every day that I move my body, that I take care of my physiology, that um, I can do, uh, we're getting a little bit here, refresh. So you know one of my favorite feelings in the world 
It's getting a great night's sleep on cozy and comfortable sheets and blankets. And for me and my wife, that is absolutely cozy earth. Cozy earth, comfort, more comfortable than cotton. It's made from bamboo. And get this, it has been featured on Oprah's favorites list. Oprah, yeah, favorites list for the last four years in a row. They even give a 100-night sleep test. That means you can try them out for 100 nights, and if you don't like it, you get fully refunded. It's high quality, so cozy, so comfy, you won't want to get out of bed. And now I teach people to get just jump out of bed. But with Cozy Earth, you ain't going to want to get out of bed. And what they're doing for my listeners is incredible. Never been done before. 40% off. Are you kidding me? 40% off? If you go to Cozy Earth, C-O-Z-Y, Earth, Dot com and enter the code DavidNurse40 at checkout. That is DavidNurse40. You will get 40% off the best covers, the best sheets you've ever had in your life. Trust me, you will absolutely love these. You'll probably be sleeping in the next time I do a podcast. Check them out, CozyEarth.com, DavidNurse40 for your special discount. You, you live it. You live what you preach. You have this type of this, this, this joy, this rhythm to your life. But I know it just doesn't happen by happen chance. So how do you continue to sharpen? What are the habits that you make staples in your life on a daily basis? Um, I mean, I think, you know, we've all, especially these days, and I know that you are obviously committed to your wellness and biohacking and all the rest of it. So I'd like to think that these are commonplace um, behaviors, but but perhaps they're not so common. You know, it's like they say common sense isn't so common. Um, but you look at the things that sustain our physiology, this equipment, this meat suit, as I call. So for me, it's you've got to have movement, right? You've got to have good nourishment. You've got to get outside and be in Mother Nature, get some sun exposure, have good community, a sense of belonging, have a sense of purpose um, just off the top of my head. So these are things that I'm very disciplined in for myself because I know that, you know, if I haven't taken care of my physicality, then my mind is going to suffer and vice versa. So I think health uh, is wealth and, you know, it's all cliche, yeah. but it's one thing to say, it's another thing to really embody. And I, I, I'm proud of the fact that I do embody it. I, I love taking care of myself physically because it's a precursor to me having that clarity of mind that allows me, it affords me the ability to really make a much more profound difference. If I'm sleepy, if I've been eating you know, BS food, if I'm not moving my body, if I'm not lifting weights, if I'm not getting sun exposure. Yeah, sure. I'm, I'm pretty astute. I'm a decently smart guy. I'd still be able to make a difference. But for me, I want to hone that. I want to sharpen the instrument that is my own mind body complex. And, uh, so there, there's some of the things that I do, you know, it's, uh, the basics, but, uh, taking care of the basics isn't always that basic for people when they're trying to survive. And I have compassion for that. But the irony is the more you take care of yourself, even though it sort of flies in the face of sometimes being human and wanting to just survive. Um, but the more we take care of ourselves, actually, the, usually it's a precursor to doing much better in all arenas of life. Man, it's so good. You might say it's basic. You might say people know about it, but the actual implementation of it is quite different. It's discipline equals freedom. You're so disciplined that you can be free. So love that answer, man. We are going to, and by the way, yeah. he, he lives this too. We played tennis. Absolutely. You kicked my butt. I'll admit it. You dominated me. I still can't get that backhand <laughs> down, but that's on me. All right, yeah, Peter. You could definitely kill me at, you could definitely kill me at horse though. 
Yeah, well, we haven't played yet, so who knows? Maybe you get inside my mind and throw me off. No, you won't. Okay, rapid fire hot seat, brother. We're going to throw you on quick answers as we wind down here. It can be anything that comes to your mind on the rapid fire hot seat here. So you have incredible mindset quotes. You personally, but what is your favorite of all time? It can be one of your favorites of all time or one that's kind of stuck with you as a personal favorite mantra. Um, I mean, if I can throw two out there, like sure. so that I can have, you know, somebody else's and it's not just mine. I think totally. Marcel Proust has a beautiful quote, which is that the journey of true discovery lies not in finding new lands, but in looking through new eyes. So really it speaks to perspective, perspective being reality. And so that was one of the earlier quotes that really aligned with my, my own revelation that most people are trying to change circumstances when I'm helping people change perception. You know, as, as Wayne Dyer said, okay, I'm going to throw three out there. Because Wayne <laughs> Dyer said, if you change the way you, if you change the way you things, the things you look at change. So that's sort of another way of saying it. And then one of mine that people really love, I mean, there's a bunch, but you know, that like life will present you with people and circumstances to reveal where you're not free. And that to me is the, the arc of a human being's journey is that we'll continue mm. to be challenged by people and circumstances Good. until we recognize our own extraordinary divine nature. That's good. I love it. See, I asked you for one. I knew we couldn't get one out of you, but even, even better. Okay, you've worked, you've worked with so many. Wait, hot- there's more. Oh, there's a, he's got a whole bag of them, which you do in your book coming out sometime soon. Yes. Can, can we tease yeah. that out at all? Or do we, we just sometime. sometime? I love it. I love it. Sometime. Okay, you've worked with a ton of high level people, some of the biggest names there is. Has there ever been a room where you walked into and you're like, oh, wow, blank is also in the room? Um, I don't think so. You know, uh, I think I got to a point with my own work of realizing for better or worse, that no one is inferior or superior to anyone. And it really spoke to my understanding of unity and equality. And so I can certainly be inspired by what someone has done with their career or their life, the difference they've made or the accomplishments that they've had. Um, but not in a way where I feel in any way, in awe of somebody, but rather it's more like I just went to a massive concert recently uh, with a client of mine in Paris, which was really an awe-inspiring event. But he came back kindly afterwards to see me in the whatever the after-party room, and that's a bit of a wow for me. Like it's because I'm helping the person, and based on what just happened in front of a hundred thousand people, you know. But it's also that I like, I pride myself on my humility that I'm confident enough in the, the difference that I'm making people's lives that somebody like that would be a client, you know? Mm-hmm. So uh, along with it, ask you a question. Oh. There's people who are up to big things in the world and it's really beautiful and inspiring. But I also would like to, you know, bracket myself in that quality of being who is, as you've kindly said, making such a big difference. So, so short answer, yeah. no. <laughs> no, no, no. That's the, that's, that's the best answer, man. And I get it. I get it through working with NBA players. Like these top level human beings yeah. want to be treated like human beings. And most people will treat them like fanboys or yeah. be weird around them. They just want to be treated like normal people. And that's why they come to you. And, that's why they trust yeah. you. you and I was there for sure. You know, this is part of my own evolution. Yeah, yeah. It's awesome, man. Okay, last question I have for you before we let you out of here. 
if you could tell a kid, somebody younger who is stuck in their situation, they don't know how to get out, if you could just give them one drop-the-mic piece of advice, it can be a word, a phrase, something, just to give them direction to get on their path and start going, what would that be? I mean, succinctly, I'd say trust that it all works out. I would say, you know, let life surprise you that you're held in ways that you don't even understand and that your greatest obstacle is your own inner critic. Oh, good. It's awesome. And, and I, I always, I love this expression of like, um, the master has failed more times than the beginner has even tried. Oh, so if they're struggling uh, because they've had failures or whatever, then great, keep going. Because if you're going to become a master, you're going to fail a bunch more. The master has failed more times than the beginner has tried. Dropping the mic on that, Peter Crone. Wisdom is just oozing out of this podcast studio. Thank you so much for being on this, brother. Hey, everybody, follow him. We'll link to all your social media everywhere. We can follow your website. And I highly, highly encourage that you join his mastermind. Like when I'm saying it will change your life, it will change your life. Peter Crone, thank you, brother. Love you, man. Appreciate you coming on.